For those who embark on the path of the weird and eerie, where every question asked is a new beginning, and the tendrils of the phenomenon are woven into the mighty cords of procession. Continue on, for when all is at its end, you will find the truth swinging at the creaking ropes of destiny. Hey everybody, welcome to this first episode of the Creaking Ropes of Destiny podcast. I am your host, Kenneth. I'm stoked that you're here. I'm stoked to be doing this. In the future, should I be blessed enough to receive a five-star rating and review, I will gladly read those at the beginning of the shows. But as I don't have one, this is the beginning. I'm just going to get right on to it. Now, this is going to be my introduction to you. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you about my paranormal experiences. The shit with the weird and eerie I've had happen in my life. The woo-woo, if you want to call it. So basically, I'm going to be ground control, and you can be Major Tom. So Major Tom... Buckle up because it's about to get fucked. So the first real experience that I truly, truly remember was probably about 17, 18 years old. Me and three friends, we take a road trip. It's about 30, 35 minute drive to this other small rural town in Iowa. It was a town that Every Sunday night, the people in the area congregated here. The, the kids, you know, the teenagers, the high schoolers all went there and just kind of hung out on the loop. So we went and did that. And then when, and you know, it's getting close to curfew when they when they start telling people to skedaddle. And we decide we're not, we're not quite ready to leave. So we just kind of meander out of town and drive around a little bit, maybe like 10, 15 minutes. Decide we're going to head back home. So it's probably, you know, like 1130 at night, something like that. And we pull up to a T intersection. We're at the stop sign where you turn left or you turn right. Everybody in the car is in agreement. Turn right because that's how we get back to the road and get home. So that's what the driver does. Next thing you know, we're sitting at that same stop sign. Two hours have passed. It's almost like. 145 it's in the morning we we have no idea what's going on we're trying to figure out how the hell this happened the driver himself is flipping out get me the hell out of here fucking shut up get me the hell out of here and we keep trying to tell him well you got to go right he's like i'm not going right and he goes left well maybe a mile down that road we convince him finally he stops turns around heads back out and we get on the road to go home about 30, 30 minutes after that with the drive, we get back to our hometown. He just pulls into a gas station, kicks everybody out the car and takes off. And we all know missing time is typically an alien abduction kind of thing. Not always, but typically that, that that's where most people lean. I can't say for sure. And I have no intention on doing a hypnotic regression to find out. But I can tell you this. 
this past Thanksgiving, the night before this past Thanksgiving, me and my stepdaughter just hanging out, kind of talking. And I, I go and I let my dogs out. And I'm looking off in the horizon. I see a glowing orange or ball, you know, back on the horizon. And I can't figure out what it is. It's never been there. In the three some years I've lived in the house I'm at, I ain't never seen that light where it's at. So I run in to grab my phone. I'm going to take a picture of it because I don't carry my phone on me sometimes like that because I guess I just don't want to take pictures of phenomena for some dumb reason. So I run out. The light's gone. Can't figure it out. And as I'm sitting there trying to figure out what the hell was going on, a memory comes back to me of me and that driver from that night having a discussion. We're literally like, I'm just kind of sitting down and he's standing up pacing. And he's asking, what the hell did they want with us? And what the hell did they want with you? I don't know what to tell him. I just say, I don't know. Whatever happened, happened. It's done now. Move on. Now, I don't, that memory isn't like a normal memory to me. It's like I watched it happen. And typically, the people have known, like, I'm not going to shy away from talking about something like that. So why then would I just be like, don't worry about it. Move on. Just, just an odd, odd thing. And so we move a few few years later, and I, I'm out with some friends, drinking at the bar. And this lady asked me if I wanted to go to her place. I was single at the time. Of course I'm going to go. We get there, get into her apartment, and then she says, do you want to do a Ouija session? I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I Ouija board, I'd done it before. I, you know, I was never really worried about it. Only she doesn't have a Ouija board. She grabs a blank piece of paper, a pen, and writes out a Ouija board by hand. And I'm telling you, like, red flags galore. This was one of the best looking hand-drawn Ouija boards I'd ever seen. The spa everything space-wise was perfect. She had her own little glass that had, had like a, I don't know if it was like a raven or something that was frosted on it. There's this little juice glass that, that she said she only used specifically to do Ouija sessions. So we sit down and we're doing it. You know, we, we got fingers on the glass and it's sliding around. She's asking questions. And, and one question was, it was like, who's here? And the answer was just many, right? So there's many there. Many spirits are there. Or at least that's the impression I was supposed to get. And then at some point, this glass flies out from underneath of our fingers off the edge of the table and crashes against the wall. Now this table is at most three feet high. 
And where this glass broke on the wall was eye level for me, which is six feet high. So that thing went off the table and up at an angle. We were both silent. I want to say 10 minutes, but it was probably less than that, just given the shock of the situation. And I just kindly look at her after that time and just say, thank you for inviting me over. I am going to leave now. And I just stood up and walked out. I haven't messed with the Ouija board since. I have no desire to. I've told numerous people when we brought up ideas of going on like paranormal investigations or whatever. Like if you want to do a Ouija board, that's your call. But I'm going to go surround myself in some salt because I'm not messing with that. So then just, this is just a couple weeks after that. I had some friends and they were out at this rundown abandoned mental health institute. And they were filming a music video for one, one of the guys was in a rock band and they bring it back. And later that night we're watching the, the film and, and all, everything he took. And it's awesome. It's black and white. And there's all this great super editing stuff going on. And we all decide <laughs> we, we want to go to this abandoned mental hospital. And they're like, well, actually it's a, uh, got a bunch of big signs on it to say uh, asbestos do not enter so they they told us we probably shouldn't do that however there was a house on the same property that was run down and abandoned that would be great for us to go to so like all stupid white people in every horror film you've ever you've ever seen we piled in two loads of cars and drove out there. There's like seven of us, including me. And, you know, we're, we're driving through the trees where you pull up and you can, you can see where like a tree has started growing in through a window of the house. And it, I mean, it, it's run down. It's dilapidated. And so we go in and we, we get into the entryway and, and <laughs> And my nope alarm goes off, right? You know, you know that feeling like you get somewhere and you're just like, nope, nope, nope. And that that went off, and I was like, I'm good, guys. I'm I'm just gonna go sit on the car. You guys do whatever. Have fun. I'll be waiting for you when you get done. So I'm doing that. I'm just sitting on the car. They're walking through. I mean, two stories plus an attic. And then they all come out and they all stop and start staring at me. And I'm like, what? They're like, no, dude, you were, you were with us. How did, how did, how did you get out here so quickly? You were just behind us. I'm like, no, I didn't make it past the intro. I've been sitting out here the whole time. And this conversation goes on for a lot longer than it probably should have that they swear I was right there at the back of the pack. Everybody there witnessed it. They said I was there. I didn't say anything. A couple of people tried to talk to me. I didn't talk back. I didn't really look at anybody. I was just walking through. And so 
at this point in time, I'm just hoping I'm the real me and I'm not the doppelganger. Or at least I hope I'm not the doppelganger. Maybe I should be the doppelganger. I don't really know. Some of this stuff is beyond me. And then that gets done and, and stuff is kind of low for a while until uh, I get to a point to where <clears throat> I'm in a bad situation in my life and my mom passes away. And I love my mom great dearly. You know, bless she's in heaven now looking down on me. And so I did what I, only I could do the night I found out to kind of help cope. I put on my Jewel Pieces of You album, CD, put it in the radio, set it on play, and repeat CD. Now, don't judge me because the Bible says not to, but that's just how I decided to cope with it. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember my mom and, and thinking about how, how old was she and, and all this stuff. And I end up falling asleep. When I wake up, the music has stopped. And I, I go to, and I look at the CD player and it has stopped 10 minutes, 10 seconds on track 61. Now that track, now that CD doesn't have 61 tracks. It should have never gotten there. But the kicker is my mom's birthday is 10 10. And she was 61 years old when she passed. And that as as shocking as that was, it was heartwarming. Like I knew my mom was telling me that she's okay and, and that I have to be okay with, with her being gone. Um, so that was probably one of the few experiences I've had that, that felt like it was a really beautiful moment to have. A few more years later, I have a duplex it's me, three other guys, we're all roommates. I had I they were all living there. I moved in. And I'm in my room one night. And I'm just kind of chilling, about ready to fall asleep. And I look at the foot of my bed, and it looks like there is a kid. His back facing me, his face against my dresser just standing there and I kind of start sitting up and kind of making my way towards the end of the bed to see what it is. And as I get close enough, his head turns around just this super pale face and it not, not like black eyes, just dark, you know, Honestly, like with since it was a dark room and there wasn't a lot of light, the eyes could have just been almost any color but just appeared dark. Because I really don't think it was any kind of like a black-eyed kid or anything. I just think that it, it was dark eyes. Well, I 
I jump right back to where I was in bed and pulled the blankets over my entire body, snuggled under them, head covered, and just froze. And I swear, for like five minutes after I did that, I could just feel these little kid hands pushing on the blanket and onto my body. That stopped. You know, it was probably like an hour later I actually fell asleep. And the next day, got a witch's glass, did some saging, cleansed everything I could, and I haven't had a problem with it. And now comes some of the more recent things. So for me, a lot of activity picked up when I was on the uh, Hollow Sky Discord. Shout out Hollow Sky. I mean, th those guys have been a big help to me for, through everything, but I'm on their Discord and it was Egress Industries. And I, I mean, I was digging deep into it, going down any path, every path I could. And then I end up, I, I had this dream. And this is all, in, this stuff, everything now is happening in the house that I live in now. And it, this is a very lucid dream, you know. And I'm walking through my house. And there is some other consciousness inside my dream. Asking me questions like, Who's asleep on the house? Who's asleep on the couch? Who's asleep in the basement? And I'm just like, no, I, I ain't telling you none of that. And then I look at my front door and it's the glass in, in my front door. It, it's the, the frosted kind where you, you can't really see anything on either side, but you can see a silhouette. I just see a silhouette. It's a dark silhouette. And I know it's not, it's not, it's, it's not a good silhouette, right? I can just feel in everything that that is not a good silhouette and that that is the thing asking me questions, but I know it can't come in. I know as long as that door is shut in that dream, that thing cannot come in this house. Or so I thought. Go on a little while longer. I'm laying in my bed. It's maybe 7 o'clock at night. Typically I don't go to bed until late. And I hear these tones. Now I'm not a singer, so these tones aren't going to be great. But it was like a bum, 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 bum almost like a wind chime and I don't have wind chimes. I was out. I came to the next morning at five o'clock. So for 10 hours, I was basically knocked out. Don't remember anything. So I wake up at five. I got to get to work. I'm getting ready. I go to work and I go the same route. I always go, which is kind of this paved back road onto the bypass. As I'm coming down this back road, there's an owl 
sitting on the mailbox. Now, like I said, I drive this route every day. Almost at the same time every day. I had never seen an owl there. Owl on the mailbox. And I'm driving. And I'm doing a good 45, 50 miles. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cruising at a decent clip. And there, as I'm going, this owl doesn't move, doesn't budge. It's not agitated. It just locks eyes with my car. And as I pass, its head turns. And then it follows me, my car, until I get around the corner. And it probably couldn't see me anymore or whatever. Now, when I'm saying this owl wasn't agitated, had somebody been in my passenger seat, they could have rolled down the window, leaned out, and bitch slapped this owl into the next millennium. Like, that's how close this thing is to the road. And the fact that it did not seem phased a bit, and it leads me to like, that wasn't really an owl. That was a message telling me something that happened the night before. And then just, just a few days later, I'm, uh, I'm sitting, I'm standing in my kitchen getting a drink of water real quick and I'm facing my microwave. So as I look facing my microwave, I can see the reflection and I can see out to my deck. And in that reflection on my deck, outside of the door, the patio door, is a gray, dark, smoky gray entity silhouette just standing there. I mean, I whip my head around and look, nothing there. Look back in the, in the reflection, it's not there. Next morning... All the citronella plants around my house have been knocked over. None of the other flowers, none of the other plants and pots touched at all. Just the citronella plants. Doing a little research on that. They have a protective quality. Not only against like insects and, and reptiles, but it's also a spiritual protective property. Funny how just those were taken down, huh? And then I had uh, a lawn chair, a nice, I mean, this is, it's a sturdy lawn chair. I mean, you don't just move it. So this thing had been twisted. And from where it was at, so it was facing off into my yard. It was twisted to be looking directly at the deck off of my bedroom. And the little, you know, the little camping chairs, the foldable flimsy ones, those hadn't been touched. Those were still standing exactly the way they were. So you would think if it would have been like these giant gusts of wind that those things would have been toast. But no, only the citronella plants and only that main lawn chair that was turned to face the deck on my bedroom. So all of a sudden to me, like shit's really starting to pop off. And then I'm sleeping one night 
and I wake up and sleep paralysis, which up until that point, I couldn't tell you about an actual sleep paralysis episode that I'd had, but I started having them quite a bit. And I come to, you know, I can't move, typical sleep paralysis, and off to the side at the head of my bed is that same entity I saw on my deck. Uh, it didn't seem like a shadow. It, it, it seemed 100% real in this dimension. It literally looked like a person wearing, I don't, uh, I don't know what those suits are called. You've seen like at sporting events and stuff or whatever, the guy's wearing like the all green suit that with, with the, the hood that covers his face and everything. It was like the guy was, it was a guy wearing that, except it was a dark smoke gray, just standing at the head of my bed and I couldn't move. So I did what I thought best and, I started reciting the Lord's Prayer in my head and, and, and calling to Jesus Christ. And eventually, this thing took off. My sleep paralysis ended. I jumped out of bed, running around my house. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm running through my house, checking all the rooms, all the doors, all that, trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Find nothing. And I was, you know, a panic like that just, it gets your heart pumping. I didn't go back to sleep. I stayed up the rest of the morning and then went to work. And then not too long after that, I have this dream and it's another lucid dream. And I'm, I'm in like a basement hallway or something like that because I, I can see stairs leading up behind me and in front of me, there's a hallway and it's dark. You know, you can only see a couple feet in and then it's pitch black. But I need to go down that hallway. I don't know what's down there, but I need to go down there. So I go down there. And something, like, ferociously chases me back. I can't really see what it looks like. I can feel it pushing me back. But I try again. And I try again. I keep trying because I don't want, I can go back up the steps if I want. I know that. I know I can easily go up the steps and go be about my way, but I don't want to do that. I want to find out what the hell is at the end of this hallway. And then I wake up from that. And then what follows after that is a series of dreams, which. I, I'll just preface by saying they all have the same entity, but it's never the same appearance. First dream. Like, oh, and and these these dreams happen like real close, like one two days apart. One dream, one or two days, the next dream. Like it, it all happens within like two weeks. So the first dream I have. I'm in like, it's a big house in this dream. And I don't know the house. But it feels known to me, if you know what I mean. Like, 
I couldn't tell you if I had ever been in that house, but something about the dream tells me that I know this house. And I'm looking out the windows, and I see this guy. Doesn't look nothing extremely standout-ish about him. I mean, it's like khakis and a polo, and he's got short black hair. That's that's typical kind of, that's just kind of what he looks like. But I can see him, and he, he's just standing right past the curb onto the property. And as I'm looking at him, I'm getting agitated. And I start to bristle. You know, I, I can... I can I can feel the hair on the back of my neck start standing up and my muscles starting to tense. And I run out the front door, down the steps, and I'm sprinting across the yard. You know, my my whole thing is I, I'm going to go, I'm going to fuck this dude up. That's what I'm getting ready to do. And then he steps off the curb into the street and looking directly at me, just gives this little smirk. You know, not a smile, just one half of his lift just kind of turns up a little bit and I stop. I stop so fast. It's like I, I almost fall over in this dream. That's how quickly I stopped. And I was just terrified. I didn't want to go any for, further. I didn't want anything to do with this guy. I started having major panic set in. And when I woke up, that same panic was there. Same panic. Day or two later, different dream. I'm walking by and there's this house and there's this guy in front of it. Similar to the first one. No, there's... Except he's like wearing jeans and a t-shirt. And and his, his hair isn't quite the same color. Like it's not the same appearance. It's not the same guy, but it is the same entity. And I know it. And it runs into the house. And for some reason, I decide to run after it. Because I'm going to figure out what the hell is going on. And I'm going to take care of business. Or at least that's, you know, what I thought was going to happen. So I'm run, I run into this house, and I'm chasing this guy, and, and it seems like I can't get any closer. And he, he, takes, he turns a corner, and I turn a corner in this house. And he goes in this room, I go in that room, and, and it, it's like a fucking Scooby-Doo cartoon thing, dude. Like we're just running around, and all of a sudden I stop, and I realize, first off, this house is like a hundred times bigger on the inside than it looked like on the outside. Because not once did I ever go into a place I had been to before. Every time I turned a corner and opened a door, it was a new room, a new hallway. And I realized I had no idea how the hell to get out. Essentially, I was trapped in this house. And I started to panic again, panic setting in, freaking out. And I woke up in that same panic. Not too long after that, I'm walking down another street in a dream. And these all feel like super lucid dreams. And there's a house party going on. 
And much like before, like, I don't know this house I'm about to walk into with this house party. But something tells me it's known to me. And I walk up to it and I'm walking in and there's a couple of guys standing outside that just kind of stare at me as I walk in. And it's like this house party gambling den kind of thing. And I, I see there's only one spot open at a table across from a woman. And I take that spot. Now this woman, she's wearing like some kind of dress, mid-length hair, looks, looks like it's an auburn color or something like that. But I know that appearance is not who it is. That is the same entity from my other two dreams. And I just sit down. And we just stare at each other. Hands on the table. There's cards in front of her. There's cards in front of me. We don't touch the cards. We just stare at each other. And then after so long, she leans forward and tells me, don't forget to wear your goodbye lenses. And she stands up and walks away. Now, I know some people are like, well, what does that mean? What? So I've, I've used that saying before, and I've heard it a lot when I was a kid. It's that moment when you move out of your house and you're never coming back to it. You leave your apartment. You leave your hometown, you're graduating school, you're graduating college, you're leaving your job or whatever. When you are leaving something for the last time, you pay closer attention in that moment. You wear goodbye lenses. And that struck fear inside of me. And I could not hold my the, the panic in. And of course I woke up panic in, in, in a complete panic, never a sleep paralysis with these. I never woke up with sleep paralysis from these dreams, but I woke up heart pounding, panicking, just fucking fear emanating from my entire body. And then the last dream I had shortly after that, it's me and my family. And we're, we're at a Catholic building. I, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily say a church, but like a uh, Catholic community center or something like that. that that's the way it, it appeared to be. And once again, I didn't know the place. But being there, it seemed this place was known to me. And out of this room, a bunch of people are coming out. And then a priest walks out. I mean, it's a priest. Imagine any priest you've ever seen. And that's probably close to what, what he looked like. Except for a little difference. The bottom of his robes were on fire. 
Now, I don't mean he was burning up. Like, there was just a constant flame encircling the bottom of his robes. And the moment he saw me, he stared at me. And then he started to walk towards me. I grabbed the hands of my family and took off running as fast as I could. In real life, my family probably would have been pulled over. They probably wouldn't have been able to keep up because I was hauling ass. But this guy never gained any traction. He never got any closer to me than from the beginning. But it just constantly felt like he was getting closer and closer and closer. And I was starting to panic again. And like all the others, I wake up in, in like a full-blown panic attack. Freaking out. Having troubles breathing. Luckily, that was the last of those dreams I've had so far. Knock on wood. And there have only been a few things happened since. But you could almost say it would be an escalation. So I wake up not too long ago, a few months at least, and sleep paralysis, right? I, nothing can move. I can see. That's it. And I look down. And my feet, both my feet, are probably raised two feet up from the bed. And for me, to this day still, that shit was fucking real. I was awake. I couldn't move, but my feet were raised off of the bed. And so I started doing Lord's Prayer, calling, you know, in my mind, and, and Jesus, and Jesus saved me, and, and in the name of Jesus, you know. And then I see a shadow from my wife's side of the bed, the opposite side of the bed, come around and lay on top of my legs and bring them back down to the bed. And probably a couple minutes after that is when my sleep paralysis wore off. Now, before that next morning hit, I was pretty sure my wife lowered my feet. And I asked her about it the next day. And she's like, no, that, that wasn't me. I didn't even know anything like that happened. So, I, I mean, like, where do you go with that? Like, have you ever heard of a shadow figure, a shadow person run over and essentially help somebody, save them? Right? Like, I don't know. It's, that, that still baffles me. And then the last one that really happened was something similar. I woke up. Sleep paralysis. Can't move. 
I immediately look down at my feet and they're still on the bed. But there's something next to, so not next to, but at the end of the bed, the foot of the bed, what would be on my wife's side, there's a figure. And I can't see it real crisply. Looks tall. I'd say it's got to be at least seven foot tall. Mainly black, shadowy. Except for its face. The face has like these pale grayish like opaque highlights that 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 are showing definition almost and it looks like to me at that point it really looked like the head and the face were almost pig like like there was definitely a snout to that face absolutely a snout but it had a mane like a lion. And not to be a, a, a broken record, but I instantly go into the Lord's Prayer and say in Jesus' name. And I finally snap out of the sleep paralysis. Obviously, that figure is no longer there. My wife is completely oblivious to it. Nobody knows. And since then, I've been doing as much as I can to do protection and cleansing in my house, and I haven't had too many issues recently. Nothing that I would really worry too much about. So if you wonder why... I listen to the podcasts that I do on the discords that I am. And this is why. I mean, most of these experiences, my friends and, and family that are going to listen to this, most of them have never heard this. And they're probably going to think I'm crazy or whatever. I just know I, I have a community with Hollow Sky and with Appalachian Intelligence where we're not ridiculed to talk about this. We're encouraged to talk about this, to build each other up, to try to give solutions. And that's what I'm here to do. I want to not only bring topics to people as well as learn more about certain topics for myself and hopefully give a little bit of entertainment along the way. But I just want to make, you know, be a spot where people can talk. You don't get ridiculed. I just want to, keep up with that that motif of 
all the love in the paranormal. And now you have heard the majority of my experiences. You have heard the first episode of the Creaking Ropes of Destiny podcast. And I truly hope you enjoyed it. Links are in the show notes. CreakingRopesOfDestiny.com Join the Discord. Instagram, Creaking Ropes of Destiny. Facebook, Creaking Ropes of Destiny. This should be on most podcatchers. And Tuesdays, hopefully on Tuesdays, is when I will be releasing shows. I'm going to do my best. Stick with it. And make sure you have a show every Tuesday, even if it's just a little one. I got some books to look into, some conspiracy file books. I got a bunch of Aleister Crowley ones. You know, Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts. I got tons of books. Tons of things I'm looking up. Sometimes I might just get on here and rant, talk about stuff. You know, and like I said, ho hopefully I can get some uh, fellow podcasters on here. If uh, some listeners want to do an interview or anything, I'm down for it. I got some family that want to come on and talk about some of their experiences as well as maybe kind of do a little co-hosting every now and then. But this is the great thing about beginnings. I'm not locked into any format. I can adapt and grow as it feels natural. So once again, everybody out there, thank you for the listen. And just remember, always look for the truth swinging at the creaking ropes of destiny. <laughs>